Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Designing Sports Podcast. My name is Kevin Slattery. This is the Mike Baldwin episode. Mike Baldwin is the graphic designer for the University of Arizona Athletics, uh, where he does an absolutely fantastic job. He is a must-follow uh, on Twitter. We'll link to that, and, and the, the actual link will be uh, in the description, so make sure you check him out, you guys. Uh, sorry about the wait. I had a couple other uh, things that kind of came up and kind of took uh, some of my time and my energy, but now I'm back. I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, make sure you give us uh, five stars on iTunes. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at KF Slattery. I uh, love to get input. Uh, you can follow Mike Baldwin on Twitter, like I had previously mentioned. Make sure you're following uh, Designing Sports on Twitter. That's really important and uh, because the podcast is called Designing Sports. So without further ado, you guys, let's get into it. Here's Mike Baldwin. I'm a designer at the University of Arizona Athletics. Mike, how are you, man? Good. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, uh, so, so, Mike, uh, this is actually the second time we've tried to record. Really, the third time we tried to record this. <laughs> yeah, uh, technically, I guess it's, that is the third time. Huh? Yeah. So we we've had all sorts of different technical issues, but uh, it's good. It's good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm great. I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm good. So, um, you know, we're we're speaking a little bit about um, kind of different 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 setups. Um. So how walk Mike walk me through kind of like what your day to day is like at the University of Arizona and what what is your technical title? Um, technically, I'm just a graphic designer. Um, I'm the sole graphic designer. I work um, in within uh, creative services department, and there's about so there's four or five video people, and then I'm the sole graphic designer in the entire department. Um, there's a few interns here and there. I believe football has an intern. Basketball does a little outsourcing. Um, I think women's basketball has an intern, and then some of the internal departments have interns as well. So, but for the most part, I mean, just about everything you see is either from me or or some sort of template of some sort. Gotcha. So that that I would imagine that that's that keeps you really busy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, it's good job security for sure. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Yeah. Um, so how would how would you say you know when when projects come up, you know how how do you kind of decide what gets worked on first? Um, well, I mean, football, basketball have priority usually, um, just because they're kind of what's called the re- revenue generating sports. Um, so they generally have priority, but it's not like we just push everything else aside. Uh, but they come first, uh, uh, like marketing kind of stuff for the entire department, uh, athletics, like in general type of things come first. And then it goes down from there. And I, I, I try not to play favorites too much, but naturally just basketball and football come first. Yeah, and, and and you know, for you, you, you mentioned marketing. So, do you work with marketing a lot? Would you say that's kind of like a key element is your relationship with the marketing department? Yeah, um, they're right down the hall for me, and yeah, we have a good working relationship. Uh, I'd say about, I mean, fifty percent of my work is probably directed is directly through them, uh, doing print advertising, setting all that up, the posters any kind of marketing campaign, uh, it's either done by me or I've created a template they help with. Help with. 
And then what would you what would you say like the other fifty percent is? Um, general social media through communications and uh, like directly through the teams, kind of stuff that they want. Um, for instance, like connecting with alumni. For instance, we did the the NBA playoffs for the the Arizona basketball players, and that that was directed through communications as opposed to marketing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Shout yeah. out to TJ McConnell. Shout out to Jared Bayless. Yeah, yeah. Couple of Sixers on there. Re- Got to represent a player's <laughs> program. Got to give it yeah. to them. Um, but yeah, that's so. So you, so you guys have like a different. You guys, so you guys have really like kind of separated out between communications and, and marketing. Yeah, essentially, it's. Um, and, and then I mean, some of it is directly from coaches and things of that nature. But yeah, it's pretty much marketing, communications, and then. Kind of what we do internally in creative services, if we have ideas and things of that nature. So when you when you do graphics, let's say for social, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you you do the gra- you get kind of it sounds like kind of communications gives you sort of the overall. Here's you know we want to do a, a you know Wildcats in, in the NBA playoffs type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then you go from there into so then. You make the graphic, right? Yeah. And then who posts the graphic? Um, so it would be an SID. Um, so I work directly with each SID for each sport, and they'll, uh, they'll request graphics. I'll send it back to them, and then they'll determine when to post it and, and what content to include with it. Gotcha. So, so they'll kind of handle the posting of it. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you design these templates, because when – you know, if, if anybody is, is listening to this conversation, it's, it's going to be best viewed both looking at uh, Mike's Behance, uh, which is uh, at Unbound Pixel, um, and then uh, his, his Twitter page uh, would be the other way you would want to, and we'll, we'll link to that as, as well. But um, So when you make these templates, right? Um, yeah. Kind of what you had referenced earlier. So you have to... You know, one of the biggest things I think for for sort of young designers is, you know, it, it's you really got to when you create graphics, remember, you're not just creating them for yourself, right? You're creating them to be used by others like those PSD files. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you want you're, you're you're creating these for SIDs and some and, and like I said, some of these the other sports, um, for instance, basketball, they have like full time SIDs football same thing and they might have a few but some of these other sports they're working with student SIDs that are actually college students so they're getting they're kind of getting their feet wet so they've got into this business not even realizing maybe not even realizing that they have have to mess with Photoshop and learn how to do graphics so and then, and then the same with marketing interns they have they have the same challenges um, so when I, what I do, when I know that these things are going to be templated, I try to make them as easy as possible. Uh, many layers, uh, labeled properly, color-coded, you know, red for not touch, green for go, you know, things like that. Labeled, named, and labeled, locked, and just everything. It's just to make it as easy as possible for them during a game. Um, that way, when it's halftime and they're inputting a score, it's not like they're searching through a hundred different layers trying to find the score. 
they can just plug it in and go post that right to the social media. Right, and and I think too, it, it's really that's where like grouping layers is really important and and, and things of that that nature. Yeah, um, and and even I know uh, designers, we always like to work non-destructively. But setting yes. up these templates, you keep a live template for yourself, and then you set up an SID template where you flatten layers, and you've just mm-hmm. taken, you simplified those layers. So instead of giving them something with 100 layers, you have like five, six layers. And there's right, right, right. a few they're not touching, and then there's a couple that they are touching. Right, 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 right. And I, I think too, it, it, it's that's where it's it's so important to kind of learn how to learn how to not use the eraser tool. Let's just call it what oh, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a useless tool. <laughs> it really, it's it's a training wheels tool. I feel. Like. I, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I, yeah, when you first start, it's it's quick to use it because it says erase. Right. Erase something. <laughs> right. Well, what else am I going to use? Right. I'm going to erase it. Right. But, once you get into your workflow and you, you get more experience, there's really no need for it, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it it's it's not it's not ideal. And like I, I mean, one of the things that that me and you kind of had a we had a, an exchange on Twitter at one point about kind of going from edits guy to you know or or gal or or non person, um, you know, going from edits person to. Um, a, like a genuine bona fide designer and i think yeah. a, a part of that is create is is creating no and kind of knowing the craft within photoshop a little bit so that it's easy to pass on to sids and to you know be used rather than just like look good on rather than just get likes right right i yeah i think the the whole edits thing is i mean we we i rag on it and we all do but i think I, it might have a place you know Oh, it totally it, does. It totally it, it, does. It's, it's a, a signif- it signifies a professional jump once you stop using that term. I don't do edits anymore. I'm a professional graphic designer. Right, 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 right. And I, I and, think and, it's different. It, yeah, it's, it's different it, because people have, have gotten used to that vernacular. Oh. Um, and it's very, you, you know, and, and it, it, like, it's a point where like if, if, like if a coach asks me for an edit, I'm not going to go, excuse me, coach, graphic. Like, right, like, yeah. You know no, what I'm I not, mean? Yeah, I'm not stopping the basketball team and saying, no, no, I mean, you're wrong. It's not edits. Right, 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 right. I'm not taking offense. No, no, no. But but it's more about the the overall approach of understanding that, you know, if you want to do this for a living, you know, if you just want to do this as a hobby, then, yeah, there's no need to, to, to go and learn you know, how to mask properly, how to, you know, use smart filters, how to use smart objects, how to kind of, you know, take the, the just the pure craft of, of learning Photoshop kind of to that next level so that yeah. you're able to, you know, because uh, a lot of, a lot of my job is, is creating templates, not necessarily to pass to SIDs, but more for myself, right? Because, right, right. you know, we have to, you know, we have X amount of, you know, recruits or we have this going on or, you know, so it's, or, or I have to pass it off to maybe a, um, a student designer who, who maybe, you know, isn't as, is, as, isn't as experienced. Right, um, right. Well, or somebody I mean, who doesn't even know Photoshop as much. Yeah. And I, I think in that same regard, um, climbing out of the edits kind of uh, namesake or whatever you want to call it is also 
getting out of Photoshop. It's learning mm -hmm. InDesign, it's learning Illustrator, it's, it's learning other, all these other mediums and these other, these other tools that you can use, mm -hmm. which also leads to learning about layouts and proper layouts and uh, hierarchy typography it's, it's so much more complex than just taking a photo of a player and just putting effects on it and calling it an edit right because that's right. what i think an edit is i mean beyond right. that there's so much more to graphic design so if you're you're doing edits you're doing edits right and you and you might you might could make you know five dollars here and there and, mm -hmm. and that's great yeah um, and then, I mean, there's a role for that. There, there's right. high, high school recruits aren't paying a ton of money to get these things done. Right. Um, yeah. And it they, uh, I won't I won't I won't get too into it. But yes, I I agree with that. And I think, you know, it's become a part of the. If you want to be one of the people that becomes a part of the recruiting process, mm -hmm. who does this? I think I think you you would be best to learn how to do this in a way that is replicable that's the other mm -hmm. thing too is it is it it's something that can be repeated um, right. and 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 like you said like learning like there's days where i need to be in indesign there's days where i need to be in photoshop there's days where i need yeah. to be in illustrator you know and and you you have that same thing too where where you know you have to do all those different things especially like you were talking about where you know you might have marketing company with a print campaign well you know if you can't do indesign good luck with that print campaign guy because yeah I mean, a lot tough. of people like to think they can get it done without it, and I mean, I, you can, but it's gonna—it's not gonna be nearly as easy. But yeah, I mean, that's part of perfecting your craft—is just opening your horizons and learning as much as you can, and that includes software uh, and mm -hmm. learning all the tools. I mean, a mechanic doesn't want to use one tool, a plumber doesn't use one tool, and uh, neither does a graphic designer. We, we use many tools. That's 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 exactly right, and and you know it, it gets even better too, and I think it starts to take the next level when you start to get away from the computer a little bit, you know, mm, definitely. and and you you kind of get into sketching, and that and that's the thing that I would say I need to do better. Oh yeah, I wish I could draw. I can't draw. Right. <laughs> like like honestly, like don't those people make like they make me feel like frauds. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like the people who can really illustrate. Yeah, like Dan Boyer, he's. He's unreal. His stuff's so yeah. good. It makes me jealous. It makes me want to quit it. sometimes. <laughs> right? Right? Like guys like that who are just so, so good. Yeah. So good. Uh -huh. and, and like a good photographer too will do that for me. Like not, you know, I, I've gotten better at it, but there are some great photographers, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think same that's with those, Same with those logo guys like uh, Kyle Van Cleave, Adam Ergle. Those guys make me jealous too because they got some talent as far Todd as Todd Radom is another one. Too. Yeah, Todd, the Todd Radom. Father. You know, their their logo design is untouchable. Like I could never even think to do stuff like that, and I don't. I don't try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know the yeah those those are guys that I took inspiration from, man. I, yeah. I really, I really like that. that that's part of how I kind of jumped into graphic design myself. But but yeah, I I really. There's so much to this, and and kind of the the sick edits is is really just like a, a small little sliver 
into the, the the larger world of graphic design and sports. Yeah, it's like it's like the door says sick edits, and you just you're opening up the door to a whole new world. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's so much bigger than that, yeah. uh, and that's part of why I'm I'm really excited to have you on is because you have a, a longer design history than just sports. You know, you yeah, yeah. you really cut your teeth, and so I, I kind of want to let let's kind of start from the beginning. Where, like, at what point did you first get into graphic design? Um, well, I kind of, I, I should say I'm lucky to be in sports. I never imagined I'd ever be in sports and doing sports design. Um, growing up and throughout my young adult life, I had very little to no confidence. So it was like, I didn't even think I could ever work for Arizona. But, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, so... Back in 2000, 2001, I taken what was called commercial art in high school, and it was basically just an illustrated class. Uh, we did some branding, uh, created business cards in Illustrator, uh, logos. Um, we even did a thing where we recreated a real object in Illustrator with vectors, and I believe my project was I just like redid an entire Mercedes car. And oh, that's awesome. It, it looked off. It looked that awful. sounds tough. It, that no, sounds it was. It was really tough. Um, but trying to go through that as a, as a young kid, um, it really, it heightened my love for graphic design. But because before that, I was just kind of, I drew and I sketched and, um, did graffiti, never really like got out and did graffiti like legitimately, but I had a sketchbook full of graffiti. Um, so, so legal so graffiti, cool. extremely yeah, I mean, legal graffiti. Yeah. You hear that the cops? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd share it amongst my friends and they all thought it was cool and stuff. And we, uh, airbrushed with backpacks and whatnot. And so, yeah. So whenever I took this commercial art class, I realized like, and there's graphic design, there's something beyond just art. And so that's, that's what really sparked my interest in it, but it's still at the same time, I never really thought of it as a career choice. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so mm-hmm. 2001, I graduate, still not thinking of it as a career. Uh, I joined the army. Uh, so that's that that right there is very different from I think most of the de- designers I talk to they haven't really served, and, and yeah. you know, I, I haven't like that. So so first off, thank you for your service. Yeah, well, um, thank you. Um, no worries. Yeah, it's it's unique. Um, if just off the top of my head, I think one of the only other designers to follow that path is Joe Johnson at South Carolina. I believe he served. I'm not sure, but. I remember something like that, but I'm sure someone on Twitter will bother. Like, th- like th- once we post this episode, some yeah. like someone will get to them. Maybe we'll, we can look that up and cut this out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um. So, anyways, I I, I joined the army in one. Um, I did uh, uh, basic and AIT, and then I went to Germany for a year. Iraq for a year, and Texas for a year, back to, back to Iraq, and then I came home. 
And so what was like, what was your MOS there? Like, what was your sort of... I was a 31 Romeo um, uh, transmission systems operator. So it's basically like the Army's version of a cell tower at the time. And even when I was in it, it was really dated. And I believe they've changed everything since then. It was basically we put up antennas and connected a a communication systems for the warfighter. Okay. So so you were were more in the, the comms part of it. Yeah, definitely. I I didn't see too much combat. I mean, we did some convoy security and stuff like that. But I was I'm very grateful to have gone to war per se and came back without any seeing too much and um, in one piece. So right, very grateful right. for that because a lot of guys didn't get that luxury. Right. Um, so you you. You know, you you you're in the army. You know, you you go to to all these different places, and and you kind of get out of, get out of Arizona a little bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and this is the first time I had ever left Arizona. That must have been an incredible experience. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, a couple of years when I was really young, uh, I couldn't even barely remember it. Uh, we lived in New Jersey, but other than that, I was in Tucson. So, you know, you, you come back and, and then kind of what's next? Like what, how do you, you know, cause, cause it's just adjusting to, to coming back from, from deployment is, is really, you know, difficult. My, you know, I, I grew up, my dad was in the Navy, so I, I, you know, I understand right. a little bit vaguely of what that's like. Um, you know, so, so what was that, what was that transition like for you? Um, well, I, I got out in 2006 and, um, when I was in the, it's, it's totally different. So imagine going, you're 18 and all you know of your adult life is kind of the army takes care of you in every way, shape or form. Like essentially you got to mess up real bad to mess up your life. I mean, you have very little bills. You don't have any rent, things of that nature. You don't learn about that stuff until you get out and it's just, they're thrown on you. So I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, luckily I had the GI Bill, so I, I started uh, community college, and I had met one of my best friends, Foster, with the Army, he's, to this day we stay in touch, he's a Kentucky Wildcats fan. Um, he had got me into like stock investing and real estate and business, he, he had my mindset like that. And so, when I started school, I wanted to go into business and real estate and make a ton of money and all that stuff. But once I got into classes and doing all the math, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, that's a lot of numbers, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not, it wasn't my thing. Um, so, I, yeah, I you're, you're, you're talking to somebody who, you know, like, like I think a lot of people who listen to this are, are designers and kind of in the design game. And mm-hmm. a lot of us got in the art because we weren't super right with the numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I should have never followed that path. But anyways. Uh, I mean, you tried yeah, you, yeah, you did mean, something different, though. Like, I can't. Yeah. I wish I was good at business. You know, I wish I could be, you know, stock trader guy. That would be awesome. Right. Yeah. Or no, like, a, like a GM of a team, you know, where you're able to manage all the contracts and right. create signing bonuses that benefit, you know, manage whatever. finances. But, yeah. Yeah. No, not my thing. But yeah, I, so... 
I was at the community college and I found out that they had a really good graphic design program. Um, so I finished my first semester with all the business classes and I switched all my classes to the design program. And it was life changing. So from that point forward, I realized that graphic design could actually be a career. And I had been playing with Photoshop and Illustrator this whole time, like on the side, and still not realizing that it, was, it could be a career. But once I got into those classes, I realized that it could be a career. And that's, that's what changed everything for me. So that, that's, that's, so if that's the moment that kind of changes it, what type of work were you doing in those design courses that you were like, hey, I, not only is there a, a potential out there to do this, but I can do this? Um, so the, the cool thing about the program at the community college was that it was really unique in the sense that they taught, um, from what I've heard, a lot of art schools teach about concept and stuff, and they go into deeper things like that. This particular program, there was a lot of software classes, like there was an InDesign class, there was a Photoshop class, there was an advanced Photoshop class, things of that nature. So I learned a lot about the software there, but they also had um, like a print production class, um, other things like that. And so, I mean, the stuff I learned there, it was only two years, but what I learned in class, it sparked my interest outside of class. And so outside of class, I was doing freelance and I was learning as much as I could at the same time. Right. So, so it, it sounds like the freelance is kind of where you sort of, that, that's where the jump off point was like, oh, you know, I, I can do, I, Mike Baldwin can do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people were paying me to make like band fly, like, yeah, band flyers, uh, concert show, like flyers for shows and stuff like that. And yeah, that's where I realized that I could actually make money and make it a profession. Right, right, right. right. I mean, it, it <laughs> that spark was there, but then I quickly realized it's not that easy, but that it was there. Because the, the, I think the toughest thing was starting out in freelance because that was something that, you know, I dabbled a little bit with as well is, it's hard to generate the volume, I think, you know, especially starting out to really sustain yourself, you know? Yeah, and I mean, on top of that, when you do the volume, you don't Hold on one second. Hey, Mike? Yeah. You, uh, all of a sudden, you're like super distant. Oh, sorry. Good now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, you're good. All right. Can you edit that out or uh? Mm -hmm. Four, okay, cool. Three. Yeah, yeah. The closer your microphone is to your to your face, the better. Okay, cool. I'm good. All right. Where so, were we? uh, so you you started out um with free. So you know, one of the tough things. I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna ask that question over again. You know, and, and so you're, you're starting out with freelance, and, and I know for me that was something I had considered with as well, especially as I was getting ready to come out of college. Um, so, and I personally, I found one of the toughest things to do in kind of the calculation of, like, can I exist? Can I make enough money to live off of freelances? It's really hard to find enough volume of work to kind of get yourself going off of that, you know? 
Yeah, definitely. That that that's the first challenge. Um, but at the same time, as a young designer, you're still learning the ins and outs of design as in itself. Let alone what it takes to get clients and what it takes to run a business. Because even though you say, I don't even, I I really don't like the term freelancer because even though you're working for yourself, freelancing, you're running a business. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, you need to know you're an entrepreneur. The, yeah, you need to know the ins and outs of managing your finances, um, maintaining client relationships, building building leads, generating leads, maintaining those leads, organizing those leads, driving traffic to your website. I mean, when you're first starting out, you don't you don't think about any of that stuff. You're just thinking, I want to make flyers for people, and <laughs> they give me money, give me money in right. return. So. I mean, you don't think about that stuff when you're freelancing, when you first start. I mean, maybe some people are and they're ahead of the curve, but that certainly wasn't my case at all. Right, 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 right. And and again, like kind of going back to that initial like, okay, the, the difference between, you know, edits and, and kind of those quick, you know, band flyers, I think was sort of kind of the maybe the old school almost like non-athlete. Um, and still is like kind of the non-athlete version of that. You know, it's it's yeah. hard to exist and and subsist yourself off of that. So, right. you know, what that I would imagine that kind of changed how you saw about freelance, maybe. Yeah, I I realized it wasn't that easy, and I always, I mean, even up until I got the Arizona job, I still held on to the hope that I could run my own agency and work for myself and stuff. And that was still a dream. And I mean, it's still in the back of my head, but being at Arizona, I have it so good. And loving life so much, uh, literally living a dream. So, I mean, it's still there, but it's, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah. It's just, it's so different. It's so different. I mean, cause you're not only a graphic designer, you're, you're like you said, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner at that point. And I mean, and then at the beginning, it's not like you can just hire a bunch of people to take over those roles. Right. You right, have to right. generate. You have to generate income first and build your company, and and then maybe you can hire people. But that takes a lot, a lot of hard work. No doubt. No doubt. And, and part of that was uh, so 2011 was when we had my daughter and. That's when I really, really tried to push freelance because I was still not in graphic design at that point. I was I was cutting grass at the golf course, uh, picking golf golf balls for the practice range, doing stuff like that. So what really really motivated me to get going with my graphic design career was having my daughter. Um, so at that point, I kind of just quit, and I was doing freelance, and I was applying for every job I saw. And I was updating my resume and I was doing like uh, spec work for myself, creating fake logos, fake companies, fake flyers, all this stuff. And just to try to build my portfolio. And so finally I landed a job at a shoe store, got my foot in the door of that, of actually being a professional graphic designer. And that wasn't until 2012. So we're talking, I leave the army in 2006. Six years later, I finally score my first design job. Right. It's just, and it's the persistence and it's learning how to deal with no. 
Also, I, shout out to you for uh, getting your foot in the door in the design world at a shoe company. Yeah. Uh, a good little, good little pun. There. I like, I like yeah. what you did there. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down, Mike. Nice. Um, so, so you you start out with the shoe company, and I think that's like one. It's not, it's not like it's. I think it's like the first like um, chronological thing on your on your behance. So it kind of starts <laughs> out. With, do you know? Do you know what project it is? Um. So. On my Behance, I believe I just put up some random ads or flyers. No, they're print ads, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allen's Shoe House Print Advertising. Yeah, so those are just a few select, like, some of the, the best that I thought at the time were some of the best pieces of work that I did there. And as you can see, there's a lot of shoes. Well, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> If it was yeah. Alan Shoehouse and they were all sponges, I'd be a little upset. Yeah, that'd be strange. But yeah, that, um, so there I learned it was mostly print. I did some digital, some animated GIFs, uh, motion graphics, but not too complex. I mean, like an image changing to another image kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, mo there was mostly print advertising nonstop. And so while you're at the shoot house, photography, shoot, shoot photography. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the elegant world of shoe modeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, putting some shoes in a light box, collecting shoes from the inventory and putting them back and taking photos in the light box and cutting them out. You know, it, it's actually kind of invaluable, the experience of cutting shoes out because you learn how to use the pen tool. You learn how to use quick mass, all that stuff, and masking, and... And you kind of learn the basics of photography, too. Yeah, definitely, and lighting, and, yeah. yeah I mean, little... I didn't get paid a lot, but I'm still using some of the stuff I, I learned there, so they paid me back. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's invaluable stuff. Oh, for sure. So, and, and it's I... almost like your internship type of yeah you know, obviously you're being paid but yeah definitely it, it kind of was like an internship i mean especially um coming out of school i don't know how it, i i assume it's the same for a lot of designers you don't want to do print design unless it's like cool posters and stuff or uh screen prints and things like that but you don't want to do newspaper ads you want to do neat stuff to like edits for instance <laughs> right um, right so going into that i kind of kind of brushed print design or print production off you know i didn't learn about it i didn't pay attention in those classes so when i got this job i was thrown to the fire i i had to learn indesign quick i had to learn about print production uh four color process all that stuff and so Right. Yeah, so it was you, invaluable. And and are you surrounded by other designers at the shoe store, or is it kind of just you? No, it's just me. Um, and it was part time. It was about thirty two, thirty four hours a week, uh, Monday through Thursday. And then there was a marketing director that worked directly with me, and he did a little bit of design, but not too much. Um, but he taught me a lot about um, uh, typography and hierarchy and. Uh, font weights and things of that nature. 
Yeah, and that like the really so it, it sounds like it was really a, a, a formative process for you. Oh, definitely, for sure, for sure. Because before that, I was just kind of having fun doing my own stuff, you know. Right. Right. And and, and then, I, I definitely wasn't designing for uh, uh, lady shoe brands like Echo and. Uh, oh, that wasn't your idea of a good time. Picolinos and Fit Flop. <laughs> no. Yeah. The 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 the. I mean, I I don't I I can't think of anything more exciting than than uh, ladies flip flops. Yeah, I mean pretty exciting <laughs> so you but but you you know it, it was a start and you're doing now are you doing freelance on the side at this point yeah i was still doing freelance uh i like i said i still held on to the dream that i'd eventually start my own agency obviously i knew it would be a lot more difficult than when i first started but yeah i still wanted to do that right. so i was still doing it was called uh unbound pixel so that's where when you see that associated with me that was um, my so-called agency that I'm starting, um, and yeah, that was that. That was how it started. So yeah, so so if we go up from there, we kind of see some more um, print ads. So mm -hmm. is that more shoe? Like, what what took you from the shoe store to the next thing? Um, so I did a year, almost a year and a half at the shoe store, and then. Um, Sorry, I was kissing my son goodnight. Um, so, after the shoe store was uh, WIC Communications. And so WIC owns, they owned, at the time, around 30 different newspapers all across the country. Uh, very small locales like uh, uh, places, small towns in North Dakota, uh, Montrose, Colorado. Uh, there was... Uh, Wasilla, Alaska, these like local newspapers all across the country. Um, they also owned a couple here in Arizona, I, I believe. Let's say Sierra Vista paper, uh, the Tucson Weekly here in town is very popular. But yeah, I mean. So you're so you're doing print at, so you you worked for the newspaper. Yeah, I worked um, in the. They had a. I forgot what it was called, but it was a design department, um, and there was about 10 graphic designers all cranking out newspapers. Uh, we called it the Design Sweatshop. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so they, but but for them, you know, when, when you think about the newspaper business, like advertisements, that's literally how that business exists, right? Yeah. So yeah. it really is the lifeblood. It needs, they need to crank out ad after ad after ad after ad. So mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys had... You know, that's probably where you had to take a lot of the lessons that you learned at the shoe store and had to make them quick. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking all my print knowledge, layout knowledge, and I'm moving it into a more fast-paced environment, um, kind of different because there's, as opposed to where I was just doing shoes. And, I, I mean, there's a ton of different shoe companies and different styles and stuff, but this is different because there's, you're doing ads for like a multi-million dollar uh, auto dealer, and then you're doing ads for a struggling hair salon in a small town. So right. the, spec, the, the spectrum is huge. Um, and then on top of it, it's fast paced. Uh, we, we generally estimated that we touched between creating new ads and editing old ads, about 20 to 25 ads a day per person. 
that's that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a whole yeah. lot. And that's not, and that's average. I mean, yeah. Some people are working on grocery ads that take a while, where you're inputting a lot of prices and information, so they're not doing as many ads. Whereas somebody else is cranking out all those small town ads, like the hair salons, where it's here's a coupon, right. here's a number, give us a call, and those are taking 15, 20 minutes. And you're, right. so you're getting you're getting the brief through this program. It's like a one to two paragraph brief about an ad and you're taking that cranking out an ad sending it out and then you're done and and then some from there you you created the ad it might come back to you for the revisions if they have changes it might go to a different designer whoever picks it up so it's a real crazy workflow right 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 um so <coughs> you're kind of you're you're, you're there and you're, it sounds like that was a, a, a grind, but you at least had other designers to kind of go through it together, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we threw ideas off each other. Um, I mean, designers have different styles, so you'd be like, hey, the, you know, Steph, this one fits your style better. Mike, this one fits your style better. Um, there was a couple guys that did, like, we'd get it, because uh, they all have websites too, so they'd have web, ad, web advertising. And there were some people that were just better at web advertising and animating, doing animated GIFs and stuff. So we'd throw them off to them. And there was better, there was people that were better handled to do the, the long form ads that required a lot of text, like the, the grocery ads, the coupons and stuff. But, right, right, yeah. right. So it's kind of learning how to function as a team. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's important there. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of, so, so you're at the, you're, you're at the kind of the, you're kind of in, in, in the grindhouse there. And then the, what, what, what's kind of the in-between between <coughs> you, between Arizona and, and the, the newspaper spot? Um, so from there, I found a position at a print shop and it was basically a print production manager. Um, and I applied for that. I got the job. Pretty easily, and essentially, when they during the interview, when I explained my knowledge of InDesign, that was the selling point. Like they essentially offered me the job on the spot. They had interviewed multitudes of people, and they couldn't find the right person. My knowledge of InDesign and print production sold me the job. I got the job, and it was like a five dollar plus an hour pay raise, and came with the title of creative director because it entailed all all design, all marketing, all SEO of this this small print company in town. Well I wouldn't say small. They do about hundred thousand dollars in income a month, so it was it was a big deal. Right, 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 right. So um and, and again like I think the kind of the lesson goes back to if you're gonna work in this you gotta learn how to do multiple things, right? So yeah, there's yeah. a great example right there. Yeah, I mean yeah, for whatever reason, when I started, I never thought that my niche would be print design. And not to say that print design or print production is my niche, but I definitely feel the most comfortable there. And when I started, I never thought in a million years that that would be what I'd be the best at and what would catapult my career to where I am today. But it was. And luckily, I had the foresight back then to not limit myself and I I was open to learning everything 
you know, and soaking it all in. And it paid off, paid dividends. Right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So um, you have the, the way you, you got into Arizona, that's kind of an interesting story, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Uh, it's surreal. To this day, I've been there almost two years now, and I still can't believe it. Um, so I'm at, it was a, it's Allegro of Tucson, uh, best print shop in Tucson. Uh, Dave Haas is one of the nicest people I've ever met. He took me under his wing. Um, I was going to be there until I died. I was going to work for him. We were, there was even talks of me buying the company from him once he retired. Like, this man was a father figure to me. Um, and I own everything to this day. But I, I never had any plans to leave there. But I'm a lifelong Arizona fan, diehard Wildcat fan. Uh, watched every single football game, every single basketball game, as many baseball games as I could. Um, so one day my friend uh, direct messaged me on Twitter uh, about the Arizona design job. And back then, 2016, I wasn't on Twitter. I didn't care about Twitter. Um, I, I had like 72 followers, you know. I rarely got on. So for the fact, the fact that he messaged me that job, that's the only way I saw it. And uh, so, I get the link, I'm like, I'm no confidence whatsoever. I'm not getting this job. There's no way. It's it's a dream job. And but I can't not try. So I get my res I update my resume, um, update my website, update my hands, put everything up, send everything in, uh, write this like impassioned like cover letter, uh, talking about the the colors of Arizona and Teddy Bruschi and all these alumni and how passionate I am about Arizona sports and stuff. And so when my boss even said I had by far the best cover letter. So think about that kids. Think about your cover letter. But, Learn how to write a good cover letter. Yeah. yeah. Advice, piece of advice <laughs> number two. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I get the first call back. Um, and still at that time, I get the call back and it's a, I have to do a test, three different graphics, turn it in within a week. Still at this point, I am, I'm not thinking I'm getting the job. I do the graphics and so I, I'm doing the graphics and at this point I'm not in sports, so I'm not, I'm not hip to all the, the trends and stuff. So I start looking up stuff and trying to figure out my style for, for these these graphics and I do three different kind of things one simple basic layout to show like basic typography hierarchy layout stuff and then one like crazy like edit style one so I, I turn these flame three emojis. graphics flame emojis yeah, yeah. flame emojis um, yeah it was crazy it was a baseball one there's like graphics flying off the page it was gnarly <laughs> but anyways so I do the I do that and then I get another call back for an interview and then um, so it was essentially down to me and one other person and this whole time me and my wife had been trying to save up and pay down debts to to buy a house and so the day we got the keys to our brand new house our very first house that we purchased on our own 
was the day that my boss called me to, we were actually driving out to the house and my boss called me and told me he'd like to offer me the job. And so we were talking and talking and we get through the door of my new house and I'm sitting in my empty master bedroom. And that's when I accepted the job at Arizona. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it's surreal, man. You can't make that up. What a what a per like if we were writing the movie of your life that would have, I I would have had to go like that feels a little written yeah that I'm, feels a little too well written I honest to God that, that's how it went down you can ask my wife <laughs> that's so cool it was so cool, cool. yeah and, and like I said the like I had no plans to leave Allegra I was gonna be at that print shop I was gonna buy that print shop. I was gonna work there until I died. Those those people were my family, um, and so telling telling Dave and Nancy about that was probably one of the hardest things I ever did. I, I I literally broke down crying, telling them, and they were totally like embraced me. And, um, they they understood. I, yeah, no, they understood 100 that I had to take that job. Yeah. And. And I think I think I think the good people in this business kind of understand that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to guilt you for for doing what's best for you and. No, definitely not. Good people don't. Right, the ones you want to work with don't. Yeah, don't do that exactly. Um. So, now now we're we're at the present. We're in we're in Arizona. Yep, we're, yep, you know, yep. we're we're with the Wildcats, man. Bear down, <clears> and, and you've been you've been literally tearing it up. You got a lot of. I one of the reasons I wanted to do a podcast with you is because we both have kind of similar styles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we both do a lot of the paper tear stuff, and you you do a lot of like stuff, or you've done stuff with like map overlays, and like that's a big thing we do at at ECU, obviously with the pirate theme and um, with with having like a, the, a deep like the top topog- topography. Yeah, so we actually so what we did was um, there's a. Uh, the, the, the library on campus, ECU has a, a great, uh, the Joiner Library does a really mm-hmm. great job, and they've actually preserved these maps from, like, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Oh, wow. Um, you know, from, like, and, like, different iterations, essentially, of the coastline yeah. of, of eastern North Carolina. Um, and so we've used um, a couple different maps. Um, there's a, a Mitchell map that we've used that, that was a little bit more broad, and then there's other ones that came specifically from SCANS, um, at ECU that, that are like come from the library. So we get these big, nice files. Um, mm-hmm. and then now they kind of, you see them on all different, um, graphics from just, uh, football or, or even now in, in the athletic department. And so, so right. yeah, so it's really tying into that, that pirate thing. So, you know, for you, what, what is kind of your, your inspiration for how you built your graphics? Is it a lot of just like what your history is? Um, you know, it, uh, well, as far as the map thing, I'm gonna touch on that. I don't, I don't really use that in the in the Arizona stuff, but I do use it. In, like, if you go to my website, themikebaldwin.com, there's definitely an old, old like map of uh, Arizona territory where I live. So I'm thinking you probably got that from that. But I love that style um, and the topography and stuff that uh, I believe Joe Cooper at Colorado State does it pretty well. Yeah, they do a lot of that. Over yeah, there. it's cool, man. I love that stuff. Um, but back, back, back to your question. Um, so I've taken inspiration off one of the. If you want to go to tip number three, <laughs> uh, I just 
I follow some of the best in the business and I listen to podcasts. Uh, I follow people on the hands that are, are industry, industry professionals and uh, they're well known, uh, some of the best in the business. And if you're always looking at that stuff, you kind of soak in different things and, and you kind of you adapt your, your own style by way of inspiration from those guys and, and those girls. Um, but to, to mention names, um, I think David Carson was one of the first designers that I really, really started to look at um, and adapt some of his style because it's a really, really chaotic style. Um, he breaks all the rules of graphic design and that's what I love. That's what I love most about him. Like kill, like kerning doesn't matter. Uh, nothing really matters as long as it looks cool. And, and, and I, I might be speaking off to, out of base for him. He might not like to say that, but uh, that's how it feels to me. And I, I love that he steps out of those boundaries and, and breaks all those rules. Uh, and then from there, um, Sagmeister, kind of his his love for design and his lifestyle. One of one of the, my favorite things about him was uh, if you get a chance to listen to a TED talk he does about every seven years taking a sabbatical. And so what he does is he takes an entire year off from doing like client-based work. He just does what he wants for a year. So he does work that only that 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 is his passion for a year. And that kind of, that really touched me. Um, so I've, I've been following him for a while. Um, Aaron Draplin is really cool. I like his attitude towards things and uh, he's really laid back. And talent-wise, he's one of the best in the business. Um, and then I love uh, Chris Dew for the his structured layouts. Um, and typography and hierarchy and then if watching his tutorials online it, it's invaluable stuff um and then there's claire carolyn blanchett she's a badass graphic designer in sports um and then uh sebastian on real chaotic style um I, so i take a lot from all those different people and 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 you learn a little bit from each one. Yeah, yeah, and I try to adapt my own style using different strategies that they use, different elements that they might use, um, and then try to adapt things my own way. And, right, because I, I think ultimately when you do stuff, it's going to be yours, you know. Yeah, and and, that, and that's the whole thing. Like, I, there's when you're coming up as a graphic designer. You have to learn like the difference between copying and stealing elements. And there was a famous quote by Picasso, I forgot what it was, but it was like, good artists copy and great artists steal or something. Hmm. I think I think lazy artists copy, great artists steal. And what that what I mean by that is like if you're copying something directly, that's lazy. But if you're stealing elements from multitudes of different designers and graphics, you know, and, and adapting them to your to your own style, that that's essentially what design is. Because nobody's create nobody's the first person to create the circle. That was created a long, long time ago. Right. You're just doing things a different way. 
you're taking a circle and you're you're using it in a different fashion. Nothing new under the sun. Right. But yeah, in the same regard, there's a fine line between copying and stealing, and part of being a graphic designer is learning where that line is. Right. And and in this in this business too, you know, particularly as it relates to sports, there's a lot of times where, especially if you, I, I think if you work with with coaches, you know, at least in, in my experience, there's a tendency to kind of pull up stuff that other schools didn't say, oh, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. Right, right. You know, and, at least, and, and that's only, and that's not me diming out, you know, coaches or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, they just, kind they, of, they, it's not their profession, so they don't realize that that's right. okay. They, right, 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 and, right, right. In sports, it's, it's competitive. It's right, competitive. Exactly. And in sports, you have plays, and nobody's, like, you can steal plays and nobody's going to call you out for it on Twitter. And you're not yeah. going to get berated by a bunch of people for running the same power eye formation. Yeah. So it's, it's kind it's, of, they have different. a different mentality. Right. It's a different, it's a different, different world um, mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think, well, and, and, and I, I think too, it's just, and I, and I think the same thing goes in marketing too. It goes, it goes everywhere. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it can be kind of easy to to cop and i think there's a lot of people who are learning this not because they want to be graphic designers but because they want to work in football or they want to work in basketball they want to you know they want to work in sports but they don't necessarily want to be graphic designers and i think that that you know being original is, is so is so important um and it's it's cool to hear you know some of the your 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 biggest kind of the people that you that you look up to um, one of the other things you were you were talking a lot about Twitter, uh, Mike. You get spicy on there, man. You really, uh, <laughs> you, you let her, you're you're one of you're a great Twitter follow. One oh, because the, the good the the just the good graphics that that you put out, but also you know because you're willing to kind of kind of let her rip a little bit. Um, you know, yeah, you're, I'm probably a little too open on Twitter. It's been nah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> necessarily make that make make that the case. Um. But uh, the one that that we've we've kind of talked a little bit about is, um, you know, you were kind of talking a little bit about um, the uh, one second. I gotta I I gotta pull it up and make sure I get it I get it right. Uh, um, I tweeted because I won't I I, I won't I won't make. I, I won't. I won't make you. Uh, I won't make you cover the the most recent. And this is this will get tightened up. Um, <laughs> but I won't. I unless you unless you want to. I'll I'll give you the opportunity. But um, I was I was a little curious about the uh, publicly blasting designers on social media. Like who? Like I didn't. I didn't see anybody getting blasted on that. I don't. Um. You know that's like an ongoing thought that I have about some people in the graphic design world um some people that i follow or even some people that are just on twitter and they have their their loudest voices kind of thing right um, i've noticed that they are very open to criticize designers openly without even knowing the background of the designs or the designer and they'll just straight up blast people on twitter on social media on instagram and they they say some pretty mean things you know and yeah, and I mean, you're as a designer, you have to take things with a grain of salt, and you have to have thick skin, and that's part of it. But I, I don't think, at a lot of a lot of times, I don't think it's necessary. Um, yeah, and so I think, you'll, I think a lot of people. 
Go they ahead. take the they take the like the animosity and the sort of vitriol of normal sports fandom a little bit and and apply it to the graphic design yeah. part of it, uh-huh. which is wild. That's definitely true. But it, yeah, it happens more in sports, I think. But it happens in in design in general. Yeah, um, it's it's cool to to crap on things. Yeah, and that particular, I tweet about that kind of topic a lot about constructive criticism and and knowing the process of the design before you say anything about it and how it's more constructive to talk to the designer behind closed doors and and, in in the case of social media maybe message them personally reach out to them say hey i'm so and so i have so much background this is why i think that this design would work better this way as opposed to just saying this uniform sucks man you know what i mean right there's nothing good comes of that like you just look like an asshole yeah you're just going full going full message board commenter you know what i mean yeah and so my natural tendency when i see those kind of things is to click on their profile click on their website and start just in my mind berating their work and like that could be better that could be better blah 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 you know what i mean because and and I think ultimately the people that spend their energy doing that are the people who aren't making anything anyone cares about. Right, right. Yeah. And, and exactly. I, I think you're right. And you know, I, I think it's some, always there some are... guy with 10, 10 followers that nobody cares about. Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you, uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about was, was Rosh Yeshida got a lot of kind of you know, people gave him a hard time because not even because of the, the, you know, the graphic parts of the, he's, he works for the yeah. Dodgers and he did the, the Dodger stadium scoreboard graphic, which is an awesome, cool thing. <coughs> and like a yeah, huge, like lifetime design. Like that's such a mm-hmm. huge, big, you know, as, as a design nerd, I, you know, sports design person, I think you kind of grow up looking at these scoreboards and go like, wow, I'd love to do that someday. At least yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's one of the best in the business in that design is amazing and what people he had tons of critics about what was included in the design and the placement and the size of things and i think it's just it's unfortunate that he has to defend himself online like that and these people don't know anything about the background of why he did it because it's not like he sat down one day on a tight deadline he's like i got five hours of creating a scoreboard layout and I'm just going to crank out whatever I feel like doing. There was probably a long process, meetings with executives and maybe even coaches, you know, and discussing what needs to go on there. Maybe even fans, maybe they did a survey discussing what the fan base wants on there. So it's, it's just, it's asinine. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, and and it's not it's not like again, it's not like something that he just made on his computer one day mm-hmm. and then put on the Dodger Stadium scoreboard. Like like there was a lot of checks and balances that went into that right. that aren't just you know he just felt like it. There aren't just much right. arbitrary choices. Yeah, Rashi Seed is one of the best in the business. And a great I, I Twitter tr- follow. Yeah, if you got him on the show, I'd be a way better listen than me. Yeah, did you hear that, Ross? Come on the show. <laughs> This is how we get guests now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was yeah. It, so it's it's stuff like that is really is is really a, a bummer. But you know, yeah. again, if we're if we're sprinkling design tips in there, you know, thick thick skin is gonna be. Yeah, I mean, on on that regard, important. yep, have thick skin, and then on the other side, be humble, um, be respectful, 
um, be nice. I mean, it's, that's it's really that simple. Be nice to your fellow designers. Help each other out. Share ideas. Um, don't tear each other down. It makes no sense. No, you're not gaining like, anything from that. Nobody's gonna hire you for a better job because you tore somebody on Twitter. That's that's so, and it and it makes people not want to work with you too. No, definitely not. Um, you know, and I've I've been fortunate enough to reach out. I, I've I've been able to reach out to you and and a couple other designers who have been really really helpful for me on on some projects and yeah. And so I I can firsthand attest to the fact that this really is a, a cool and unique community. Yeah, if you reach out to me on any kind of platform, I'll respond quickly and I'll I'll help you out the best I can. I, yeah, he'll he'll come on your goofy podcast. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to turn you down. I'm not going to break your work. I'm, if you ask me to do freelance work, I might not do it. Probably won't do it. But if you ask me for advice, I'll, I'll help you out. Not that I'm like a, a, a god in this business, but I think I have some experience enough to, to share with, with young designers out there. You, you filled almost an hour of, of content with it. So, yeah, I'd go ahead and say you, you, might, <laughs> you might have some experience. All right. Um, Mike, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, you um. So you, you mentioned you uh you graduated high school around like what two thousand one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I I gotta ask like is there like a <clears throat> like a, a prom song like like what like what what song do you remember from your your prom? Oh, well I didn't get to go to my prom. I got stood up, but that's a different story. Um, so two thousand one. I'm so sorry I brought that up. I didn't that's all mean that. That's, all. that's, that's uh, all is that is that a story you care to share or are you? Um, well, it's pretty basic that I was dating a girl from a different school because no no girls at my school gave me time to date because I was a nerd. Um, Welcome to she, the podcast. Yeah, she had to go <laughs> and then last minute kind of canceled. And, oh man. Um, Lame. I didn't lose, I didn't lose lame. Yeah, pretty lame. Lame. But that's that's all good because I met my wife and yeah, it was good it was high yeah. school. You're fine. Yeah, I'm good. You turned but out. Yeah, fine. it's fun. It's a funny story. I don't think I don't know that I would have too much fun being awkward at a prom. And I didn't lose my deposit on the tux or anything, so no. Harm so it's no all foul. good. Yeah, definitely. No harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. So you um, so so I'm sorry. as far as music in that time, I mean, I was probably listening to Eminem and Dr. Dre from from records past. But I think the big thing in '01 was uh, Outkast had come out with the that record that was really popular, and I was listening to that. Um, and then Stained, it's been a while. Was a, was a song that I was listening to a lot. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most fun song to sing while being bad at it. Yeah. And then embarrassingly I was probably listening to Newfound Glory at the time. No, that's that is that is you are on the right podcast, sir. Pop pop punk and stuff. Oh no. goodness. That is the <laughs> you welcome home. An eclectic bunch of music. I'm sure there was some, some ska getting thrown around at that time as well. Yeah, some less than Jake and um, all, all my um, friends are metalheads. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. 
would you would you believe i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna open up my so we we've also discussed this too i'm a we're both big spotify people right mm -hmm, definitely so so for those of you unfamiliar uh the spotify makes these daily mixes uh -huh. where it creates a you know the playlist for you based on what you listen to yeah and it orders them one through six kind of and i think it's it's pretty like one is like kind of what you most listen to. Six is you know a little less likely for you to yeah, listen to. Yeah, they're trying to reach and really broaden your horizons. Yeah. yeah. So my playlist, my daily mix one. All right. Oh. Uh, literally, newfound glory is up at the top. Nice. Yellow card, state champs. Um, we've got transit. Bayside, All American Rejects, um, so so literally exactly what you know what you were talking about, uh, brand new. So so yeah, so, so that era of music is you're, you're right. You're on the right podcast. Yeah. So my daily mix one is Rise Against, Pennywise, Bouncing Souls, Yellow Card, Alkaline Trio, No Facts, Newfound. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, and then this is how eclectic I am. My daily mix too is Avenged Sevenfold, Blessed Fall, Asking Alexandria, Seven Dust, and All That Remains. Okay. Okay. And then there's a hip hop element that's in there. Living Legends. Yeah. Gotta stay current. Uh, Gotta stay current. Sandman. Yeah. See, my, my, I also have a, a, a hip hop one that's a little bit more, it's, a, it's like a little bit more Kodak, a little bit more ASAP. Oh, okay. uh, T Grizzly's on here. Uh, so that's some of the newer stuff. Yeah, little little Yachty. Um, yeah, yeah little 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 newer Playboy Cardi's on here. Yeah. Cardi see, B will will show up eventually. See any of my Cardi newer newer stuff yeah. is kind of underground stuff like um, Murders and Atmosphere. And, okay, yeah. Uh, Prof. Yeah. yeah, I know Atmosphere. I know him. Yeah. yeah. And then I just have an '80s playlist. I think. I think. Oh, nice, just like, nice. There you go. Sometimes, sometimes this like I, I for me signing day, I, I was all '80s. Nice. It was, it was a lot of the Top Gun soundtrack. If I'm just gonna be, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it a buck. It's one of the best movies ever. Right. Don't be ashamed. No, it's just, and it's, you know what it was? It was just such a like a fun, goofy mix of music to listen to that. Yeah. It, it totally and I think it's such a part of for me it's such a part of the design workflow because I, I put my headphones on and I'm, I'm out you know I, yeah. I can't I'm not just get lost that. yeah because it helps yeah. me kind of channel out kind of mm -hmm. the distractions of the day it's definitely uh, another useful tip yeah there you go invest in headphones yep definitely you will not regret a good pair of headphones definitely not um, but yeah Mike I I'll I'll tell you what, man. I I'm I'm good if you're good. If you had to d to distill and leave kind of on one, like what would say the biggest lesson that you've learned throughout your career? Um, you know it's all that cliche stuff. Uh, never give up. Be persistent. Soak in all all the information you can. When you're young, especially when you're single and you don't have kids. Spend as much time as you can designing and learning and stepping outside your box, breaking all those rules that you have for yourself, you know what I mean? Like if you're doing edits, get out of that. Get out of Photoshop. Don't use Photoshop for a week. Don't touch it. 
get into Illustrator, get into InDesign, uh, do some layout design, do stuff like that just to broaden your horizons um, and just never give up and just ask questions, you know, nonstop. Reach out to the, des the designers that you look up to. I get, I get messages from young designers all the time and I don't know how other de older designers are, but I, I'm receptive to them. I, I, I answer their questions, I'm helpful with them. Like, don't be afraid to ask your favorite designer, hey, how do you do this? How did you get to where you are, you know? Do, do stuff like that. And, and, and just be, I don't know, just persistent. Some, to sum it up, be persistent and never give up. Never give up, man, nothing yeah. like it. Nothing like it. All if right, Mike, you, thank if you you're so not much. failing, you're not trying. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. That's the uh, the Nick Foles approach, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The man. You know, to bring it back to your guy. Yeah. So, um, so Mike, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely no problem. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, very humbling to even be asked to be on a podcast. Well, you 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 were you were great, man. And hey, thanks for for. Uh, Letting us kind of, we got a little window into your life. We get to kind of hear the kids in the background, yeah, and, yeah. and and kind of get the whole family deal. So I feel I feel yeah, like we've uh, we've learned a lot. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it, was, it was it was fun sharing with you. No doubt. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep.